Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 46, and I'm joined by Alex Paxton Beasley, an actor on shows like Cardinal, Pure, Murdoch Mysteries, The Strain, Copper, Norm Wilner from Now Magazine, also his own podcast, Someone Else's Movie. Please check that out if you haven't already. David Tampa who has been seen on shows like The Expanse, Odd Squad, The Girlfriend Experience, and he's been in a ton of my stuff as well. And last but not least, Ryan Goldhar, who's been an executive producer on a lot of my stuff, including How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town, Sex After Kids, and is a producer of the upcoming film Becoming Burlesque. And we all sat down to watch a film together. All right, so we're sitting down. You just waited until I started to open the can? That was perfect timing! All I hear is the crunching in my ears. I'm good. I'm sorry. There's no way I'm editing that out. Okay, Okay. so we're sitting down to watch. uh, This is going to be a double bill, although I'll separate these into two different episodes. So uh, the first film tonight is Sex, Lies, and Videotape. I'm Jeremy. I've seen the film, but I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm Ryan, and um, I'm in a similar position. I, I honestly can't remember watching it, but... I'm sure I've seen parts of it. I'm Alex, and I know nothing about this. I've never seen it. Do you know who's in it? Vaguely. Great. Like, I know, like, nothing. Nothing Great, great, great. Uh, I'm Norm. I saw it in 1989. I've seen it a couple of times since, and probably not for at least seven or eight years now. And Norm just brought the Criterion (laughs) laser disc to show off. Just to prove. (laughs) Just to prove how old I am. Laser disc, yes. So we're going to fire up the laser disc. Yep. We have to stop the movie four times to watch the whole thing. <laughs> can I flip can it I over? Introduce myself? Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you're, because of what my you did at the beginning. My name's Popcam Dave. <laughs> and, uh, I, I did see it, but it must have been, it was, it was actually on videotape, so it must have been 90 or 91, somewhere in there. Yeah. When I was in university, but with my high school friends. Okay. Well, it would have been, what, late 80s, this movie? 89. Yeah. You would have saw it just as it came out on video. I, yeah, just as it came out on video, like on proper VHS. And I don't remember almost anything about it. I remember not really liking it. And I remember thinking, yeah, I shouldn't have led with sex. <laughs> <laughs> that's your, that's your that's, review for the movie. That's, that's, my, that's my review of my that's memory amazing. for the movie. Yeah. That's hilarious. But I don't really remember. So what do you know? So what do you know about it then, having not seen anything, Alex? Basically nothing. I feel like it's one of those films that I've heard like bandied about as being a pioneer of something. Yeah. Couldn't tell you what. Well, Soderbergh's first film. Okay. Steven Soderbergh's oh. first. But it's kind of like I mean, what's interesting? I mean, Norm and I were talking about like what's the order to watch tonight in, uh, and Norm said this, which I was thinking as well, is that it's like without Steven Soderbergh, there would be no Neil Butte. In terms of his filmmaking career, certainly so it's not like, the films he made are yeah. really, especially the first two or three, they're really heavily influenced by yeah. Soderbergh. Because this is definitely a made-for-next-to-nothing, character-driven indie drama. Right at the beginning of the '90s, when that was coming back into full steam. Yeah. So yeah, so very much it was definitely at the forefront, and it's one of those books where if you read a lot of movie books about independent filmmaking in the '90s, like. There's not a book that talks about that that doesn't talk about sexualizing videotape. I think that's where I've encountered it is in that 
realm, but clearly I've retained none of that information. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out a, like a way to crystallize it just for my own head. And it's like, well, this, like it, a lot of the stuff that we see is going to feel cliched because movies have been knocking it off for 20 straight years. Wow. And then yeah, it's true. And out of gas and went back to television. But this is the, like, this is the ur text for almost every low budget movie that followed. This movie's almost 30 years old, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It'll Jesus. be 30 years old next year. Well, I mean, it's like, 30, it's been 29 years to the month that it went to Sundance, right? Because didn't it play Sundance and then Cannes? Oh, no, yeah. I was in high school, not university. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, I would have seen this when I was in film school. And I had the VHS until recently I, on one of my, uh, um... Purges? No, your, one of my... Your upgrade jags? My upgrade that beat goes on. Uh, <laughs> I, I picked up the, the, the DVD, which, and I posted the photos of, like, my stack, and that's what spurred this whole double feature. Um, by NSSmer who flaked out and, and stayed, stayed in L.A. during our cold, Again. Our cold streak. <laughs> it took, he came to one once. He? He's been here. Yeah. yeah. I told you, right? It took me almost a full year to get him on my show. That's what happened to Dennis. <laughs> yeah. We love you, Ennis. But when he showed up, he brought bourbon, you, so no complaints. He brought bourbon to the podcast, too. <laughs> Wish you were here. Uh, all right, so I guess without further ado, we should just dive in. We got a lot of movie to watch two, tonight. Two movies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's all go to the lobby. Get ourselves a treat. All right, so we just finished Ish. We uh, we took a quick bathroom break and complained as Canadians do about how fucking cold <laughs> it is right now. Uh, yeah, so let's start in with the people who haven't seen it before at all, which is mm-hmm. mostly Alex and Brian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I I loved it so much more than I was expecting to. Oh, cool. Like I really I really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's it's interesting to see a film that's shot almost entirely in medium close-up or close-up. Like, we're so immediate with them all of the time. Yeah. Um, and the performances are good enough to justify that, which is really nice, too. Yeah. Like, what a... What a what an odd movie. And there's no reason why this couldn't have just been a play. Yeah. You know, it's not even like there's something really cinematic where they had to be in one lo- in these places mm-hmm. where you couldn't possibly do that. You could have easily written this and performed this as a as yeah, a play with could, no location. You could project just the movie parts yeah. on a wall or something if you wanted and, and still sure. see them live or yeah. something yeah. like that. But it would easily work. Which could be done now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. If you wanted to put this on stage now, you could easily... I'd be surprised yeah. if somebody hasn't, like, done yeah. some college performance sure. of this. Right. It's wonderful in filmic format, though, because you're so close to them. Yes, that's you what know? you can't be, do. And and I think theater, that's yeah. I think that's a lot of what makes this work, is that it gets right, to the, be... You see the emotion on yeah. everything. Yeah, like James Spader, yeah. when he's, you know, caught off guard and having to cover and figure his shit out, like, doing that, the minutia of that is... Yeah, because he's so s- small in this movie. Yeah. That you're right. That is what makes it th- cinematic. Yeah. You're right. I take back my comment. Yeah. No, it's but really... if you do intimate theater, if you do intimate theater, then mm-hmm. it would work really yeah, well. Yeah, it could work in a small like in house. house. Yeah. To, to see a live happening in front of you, I think, could be powerful in a different way, in the same way, in a different way. Mm-hmm. I'd almost wonder how you would, like, theatrically, you could play with the video, you could you could run their scene before we know what it means, or you can do pieces of it, open with it, and close with it. 
find yeah. different ways through it. You could, it is, I, I almost wouldn't know. I almost want to just like let one bleed into another mm-hmm. and just use the transition, like use lighting well, as yeah, a transition I mean, you, or something. If you darken the room and have a video playing, you can be, you know, they change while it's going on and then when it comes back on, you're in a different scene already, right? I mean, it's, it's direction yeah. on Or stage. it's easy enough that you could have the Peter Gallagher character watching it and then all of a sudden it's acted out in front of us, but we see him watching a TV, but what we're seeing is the live feed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. There's yeah, there's a ton tons of ways you could do it, but I think you're right. The the intimacy of being really close, mm-hmm. um, even though the strobe effect in HD is not <laughs> as forgiving as it was on my VHS copy of this. No, <laughs> it plays it plays very differently at 24 frames a second instead of 30. It really yeah. does. Yeah. I uh, I was quite certain I was going to have a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. I, my, my, my initial thoughts right off the bat, like it, even when you have that the word indie film in your head, um, it still plays so beautifully. I mean, because it's, it's not, you know, what, what we as Canadians, when we see our indie films, like that still plays theatrically. Like that is a beautiful, beautifully done film. There's no, nothing in it that makes you feel like it's, it's anything less than something you would go to see anyway. I mean, the quality mm-hmm. of it, you know, outside of you know, how the medium in which we saw it. Had we seen that on a projector in a theater, I think it would have been the same feeling. Mm. Uh, it doesn't make you think like, oh, you know, like where's the boom? When is, when is it going to fall into the scene? Uh, <laughs> although you do have that that level of indie film where oh, yeah. scenes is like, oh, they don't know what ADR is. And, uh, <laughs> for yeah. instance, you know, you know, <laughs> oh, almost, like, the voiceover yeah. on the phone calls is yeah, amazing. Like, are they it's in like, the clear. same right. room? She's they might have been. I love that. There's yeah. absolutely no pretense, though. Yeah. No. No, that's the thing that, the, the way the sound cuts in, the way he uses the, the sort of, I mean, it's pretentious, but he the, uses the environment the so well. Godardian mm-hmm. sound editing, where there a scene will continue and over mm-hmm. an image of something else. Yeah, the pre-lap and the overlap. Guy's a born filmmaker. I guess this is his first feature, and he's. I think 27. It's a stellar yeah. cast. Yeah, murder oh. him for how good he is. What and every like his instincts what are... What a dick. Yeah. His instincts are fantastic. Yeah, like, yeah. He's just cast yeah. you know, actors who know what to do with the camera in front of them. And... Every, everything about this, like the thing that I came away loving so much about it was the confidence of it. Like mm. everyone in this film, the like Spader's performance is so beautifully confident. Yeah. Andy McDowell's like... What interesting, weird characters. Like, they're so specific. Maybe they're just phenomenally cast and they're just playing themselves, but even still to be that alive and and have that many different colors and then for him to be so confident in crafting those performances. Were any of them established at this point? Any four of the four? Uh, McDowell had already... Yeah, they'd all worked. Yeah. Right? Senju Como, I think this is her first feature, but she'd done yeah. some stage stuff. Spader had been in Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Like, this is three years after Pretty right. in Pink, which is right. so weird to think about him translating How did he universes. get these people on an indie film? He just, but they probably all were at certain beginning levels, but they mm. weren't leads. Yeah, they were right. reachable. Yeah. Like did he, did yeah. this go through the Sundance Lab? Is that how... I don't think so. I don't think there was a Sundance Lab at the time, right? This was, yeah. like what was shot in ba- 88. And what was his background before this, Soderbergh? Where, where did he come up from? Was he... I want... Oh, you know what? This is always blurry for me. I want to say that he was... Uh, it, he went to... Uh, I know tons about him, but I don't know that. LA and then he... Came to no came back to Louisiana and shot the movie himself yeah. after he couldn't get a studio thing put, uh, put together. Yeah, maybe so maybe was, I'm sure it was like was. dentists and lawyers and that kind yeah, of he, stuff. Yeah, the mostly, Sam Raimi. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was mostly self financed, I think. 
Well, it's not expensive when you look at it. Even the production design is not great. It's like most of the set dressing is photographs taped to walls. Yeah. yeah. But but it's amazing because that's like so true. It works. It's yeah. so, all of it's so true. Like it's all so odd. It's, but it it's four locations. It's yeah. It's uh, the sister's house, his house, the, the apartment, and the office. Yeah, and yeah. the therapist's couch. And the therapist's couch, which, which is probably in the same house. building yeah. as the office. Different side, that's right, yeah. 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 But I, even really, that their apartment or her one of the, her sister's apartment could have been in that same house. And yeah, you have to find an actor who was a mix between Trudeau and and uh, Vladimir Putin. To be oh my god, the, it was amazing. <laughs> if, any, if anything stood out to me, like that therapist is definitely like a creepy murderer yeah. on the or, side, like not just the, like a regular murderer, but like a collects like oh, yeah, tokens. Even if he's not an actor, he's a politician because yeah. that's yeah. what he looks like. Yeah. 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 They were good too. And the Barfly was great. That's well, Stephen Barfly. Brill. He wrote or directed a Mighty Ducks movie. Okay, I've seen him yeah, before. I recognize his But voice. he's also almost in a different movie, that guy. Yeah. As, he's as, in a John Hughes movie. Yeah, as, yeah. as much as yeah. his scenes are enjoyable, yeah. like he almost doesn't quite fit, although but suddenly there's comic go. relief. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The engineered comic relief. He's doing a really Cusacky thing too in his vibe, right? Yeah. But did anybody else this is the first time I thought about it the first time I caught it did anybody else get a huge Goldblum vibe from Spader oh sure because oh, yeah. his timing and his hesitations and the way he reacts to her and the thing just even the thing mm. with the iced tea his physicality I just it's like that's it's really good. weird because Goldblum right around that but, time is the fly and yeah. But you would never get that intimate of a performance from Goldblum, I don't think in this. The, the vulnerability like for the vulnerability, vulnerability. vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Goldblum before, doesn't Quite have that same level. Of yeah, they're they're yeah. like they're like nothing against. I love me a gold. The yeah. light and the dark too. twin. Yeah, and it's really interesting. It's like he's using the same approach. You're talking about mannerisms. He's more been, yeah, and hesitations and listening. He's yeah. really actively listening. Oh yeah, like yeah. asking questions. He's really watching. Yeah. Wonder, yeah. Especially at the like right at the beginning of the dinner table, and even when he first meets her. Oh yeah, talking, are, that's a great, really watching character too. Like it shows how strong of an actor he actually is that he's able to like portray that before he became this character that he's become ever since The Office. Because yeah. Yeah. even in, on the blacklist, like that's the same character as The Office. Like he is. Yeah. Like, so that's, I kept thinking about the blacklist watching this. I've never seen anything but a promo for the blacklist. Right. But like every every couple yeah. of scenes that Spader was in in this, I was like. Oh yeah, now he wears a fedora. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the last ten like, years, he's become this trajectory. Yeah, he's yeah. sort of. They someone has leaned into his eccentricity. That's right. And mm-hmm. Encouraged it, but at the time, like he was, he was just sort of an unknown. He had made Tough Turf and and Pretty in Pink, and he was, you know, like he was a guy who had gel in his hair every movie he made, and yeah. he was being but a even pretty boy, but he was never the lead. Yeah. yeah, and even just between like between like that, you know the. The where he's at now, the references we just made, and, and this, you've got like something like Secretary. And Crash. Mm-hmm. And Crash, Crash, right? Yeah, always these very dark, bizarre, tortured characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got a very interesting filmography when you really, really look at it. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah. And that scene you guys were talking about, the one at the dinner table, where we, he, which is really the only scene outside of the one at the end that he shares with Peter Gallagher. Like they never... It's the only scene where three characters are present because they're all duos. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, three, yeah, yeah, three majors. And I can't remember what book, but I know that scene. Uh, I have a writing book uh, where they break down that scene and just talk about all the different details and just like all the different motivations and all the different things that are going on. The layers, the way that you know Peter Gallagher is, and he brings up that thing with the salt and how it's like it's such a passive aggressive comment that you don't need to make but he decides to make it in front of his friend <coughs> right. just to dress her down mm-hmm. in a yeah. way and just like just really really breaking down how these characters are set up in really simple and small ways and just that great speech he has about well I have one key 
And if I get an apartment, then I have two keys. Yeah. <laughs> well, and when she changes her clothes, she's suddenly she wears a black shirt and blue yeah. jeans, and then goes over to his house. Yeah. 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 Well, but the keys is also such a for me anyway. It's a metaphor for like just the sexuality too, in that it's like you know Gallagher's character is a guy who wants all the keys. He he wants to tell you that he fucked Elizabeth and right. that he banged a sister. He but right. he's, he's just collecting and notching bedposts yeah. where Spader doesn't want to have any keys. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's had enough. He doesn't know what to do with them. Right. Yeah. I like the idea, too, that Graham is... Everyone sees him for who he is, which is kind of pretentious, a little affected. Yeah. Nobody falls for it. It's just that he and Anne tend to be compatible more yeah. often than not. They're easier right. together. And that uh, uh, Graham and John have two scenes together, one at the beginning and one at the end. And in between, they both like openly say, no, we're not friends anymore. It's just, it's so great that there's not even the slightest regret. These two guys have they're one evening together, each other. have dinner, it's over. They're not happy about it. Uh, John tries to to swagger on him with that line about how what would the Greeks think of this and, and you know you pointed it out Alex it's a black shirt it's not that big it's a deal like it's yeah just... well obviously it was a style that was but, yeah. at the time until Steve Jobs made it popular yeah. again but I mean everybody responds to him like he's an alien and mm-hmm. he kind of owns it and he also I mean he's got Ambrose Bierce on his television set he's you know ten years from now he's he's gonna say he doesn't own a television and he's you know he's too good for all this stuff and he'll he's be not on Facebook yeah, he'll yeah. Be, yeah. But he's also sporting a handlebar mustache and, mm-hmm. yeah no he'll be more insufferable he would have a man by now wouldn't he oh. God, I was trying to figure he out... Would, he would brew his own beer, is what he would do. One of those dicks that doesn't have a cell phone, so you have to meet him like yes. above the subway at a specific spot at a specific yes. time. Yes, There's exactly. a great line about how he doesn't have a phone, and it's just like, yeah, he wouldn't, would he? Even now, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have yeah, a phone. Yeah, no, he wouldn't have a phone. Yeah, it's funny how that archetype is timeless. Like, yeah. it, like it is an archetype. Like, oh, that, the spader, this spader character checks so many of those same boxes. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same people that say that they don't watch television, yet they watch everything we watch on a computer. Yeah. Yeah. That, to them, is not a television. <laughs> it's not on a television. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they have Netflix. <laughs> but there is something so charming that, yeah, that nobody really buys into it. That he's not actually revered. Everyone's just sort of like, oh, okay. Yeah. We it's get it. This weird time. At the end of the 80s. Because mm-hmm. like, the 80s was like the 50s on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, there's still like something that you're supposed to aspire to. But mm-hmm. it's more bold and crazy and, and uh, selfish and... And and so I, I kind of think I understand where Peter Gallagher is coming from, where it's like, oh yeah, he's it is a big deal. Not like why aren't you wearing? Why aren't you trying to make tons of money and have mm-hmm. lots of mistresses and like you said with all the keys? And yeah, everything. I have suspenders. Why don't you have suspenders? Yeah, exactly. He's really well, and you never get. And what I really like about the movie is the restraint it shows, and that you don't know what happened to Spader. You know, you no, get yeah. maybe this girl messes up with his head or something. But you don't even know if that's what it is either. Like, he never says, he never admits that he's back to see her. He just says he wants closure, and you don't really ever get a sense of what that is. Mm-hmm. You know? They, they talk about how they were a lot alike in college. Yeah. But, so, and you, I guess you assume that means he was more like Peter Gallagher. For sure. Well, for sh- they were in a frat, for or sure. Or like the current right? Spader. Yeah. They were in a frat, and <laughs> yeah. they, were all, they were all being molded into the same thing. She, she alludes to him, I forget what the, the two, but she says a couple, I thought he was going to show up, like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and talking about like, getting drunk and yeah, doing like, this and yeah. that. Yeah, yeah and, and it was very much like, it's a boys club. That's what Peter Gallagher, well, that's where they come from in Spader. So, and, and when he says, oh, when I saw you, I thought, you know, I, I thought I was just... I, was supposed I to call the cops or something. Yeah, I call yeah. the cops, you know. So it's clear that Spader's the one that has changed. Yeah. Gallagher is the one that's stayed on this 
frat path. They talk about it. You know, he admits, you know, like like an AA, he's a liar, right? And so he says, no, I yeah. am a liar because it never goes away. Wow. And he just has to fight every day. So he knows, like, he's in this, you know, recovery, this, this uh, you know, this zone in which he lives his life now, which just kind of, he has to actively not lie. It's like he hit a rock bottom we never get to see. Yeah. yeah. And he's compulsively honest now, and to the point where he you know, like short circuits conversations by saying yes to things that people ordinarily would hesitate on. That's mm-hmm. right. But he's also really a dick about it. Like it's great. Mm-hmm. He just has no. It's not just that he's telling the truth. It's that he's de- he's deliberately destabilizing every conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of the same thing. Like the pendulum mm-hmm. has swung back so far. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he's kind of lying still because he's doing the thing where he's exerting control. Exactly, it's a control and a power thing. Yeah, like he's yeah. using truth to have power and control instead yeah. of lying to have power. But look at his character and the way he looks at them. Like he doesn't look away. Like he looks mm-hmm. down through your eyes into your soul whenever he speaks to you. Right. So it's like there's no blinking. There's no hesitation whenever you know when other people are talking. You know they do that normal thing where they look away and they they just sort of make motions. But Spader listens actively and stares right. Oh, Graham does. And yeah. Well, right he's down. he's a camera, right? Yeah. Like he's mm-hmm. recording until and he doesn't until even the the camera gets turned on him yeah, right. and yeah. then he can't look at her at all. Yeah. Yeah. But he also has no. There's no subtext to him at all either. You know he. There's no fill. He just says whatever he's thinking. He says what's going on. Even when the sister comes over, he you know he addresses the elf in the room right away. He's like, "You must be here because Anne was upset." Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then this leads to their whole dalliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I really like the writing that way. Like mm-hmm. the yeah. It's the, the no subtext really works for me in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's spare, right? Like it just it's it's, it's still minimalist. It's, yeah. It's tidy. You it, know. It, but it does. But that doesn't take away from. The depths of it. The sister character is mm-hmm. she's great, and she was awesome. But, yeah. And she never really went on to do much, did she? Well, she did. She had yeah. a series again. Like, yeah, oh, that's right. Just shoot, just, just shoot, shoot me. Shoot me. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like as as often as she yeah. had roles yeah. here and True. there. Yeah. That's the sexiest she's ever been on tele- on, on on film mm-hmm. or television, and she's never really portrayed that way in any way. And she's meant to in this because she is. You know the the sexually uh, open person versus the very reclu- you know closed in sister who's. But Andy McDowell, like by the end, she's super sexy in this too. She, but there's no question. But uh, but I'm she saying, like, takes everything time to earn else yeah. that Laura's done in her career. She's never been portrayed that way on on film and TV. And she's sure. even though she's been a lead, she's never been uh, sexual, which is fine. I mean yeah. that's but it's it's just an interesting variation between all of the work she's done in her career. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if it's just a conscious choice. Like, she did it so well this time, she just doesn't want to Or she just never it. went back to that kind of role on mm-hmm. purpose, or it was never mm-hmm. offered. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's interesting to see what other people see when they're producing projects and saying, mm-hmm. you know, like, like she's, like, he picks her up and she's this tiny thing or when she's on the couch and her legs are bent in and she looks like she's, you know, a foot long yeah. because yeah. she's tiny. She is really she's, small. Yeah. She's sort of... I don't know. This is not useful in any way, but she reminded me of a My Little Pony. Yeah, <laughs> like she's just like this with these like massive hair and the big bangs yeah. and the chin sticking out, like just like so. You well, know, she was like, very high school. Still. Yeah, like the mentality was, yeah. and even with the posters on the walls and everything. Like, yeah, she's everything that she's, she's doing. Supplies that yeah, paint. I, I also like that her art is not very good. No. Yeah. This yeah. time around, I was thinking, yeah, are those children's paintings. Yeah, is exactly. she a teacher? No, no, no she went to the bar. Did was her art on their wall? Did anyone else notice this in I the living room? One, I thought there was a there have. was a wall in the living room. A bunch of them were all yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, a bunch like framed. I wonder I if those so. were her. I, I loved were. I loved their relationship. 
the yeah, sisters. The sisters. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Because it was it was so fractious. They they deeply didn't like each other, but it was never like it was ever going to be over. Like no part of it was like I'm never speaking to you again. No, like sisters. no, no, we're no, sisters. Him, like yeah. it's gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep calling you so we can. There's that fight amazing the moment. They just know each other so well. When uh, yeah. Annie Mc- Annie McDowell just kn- knows that she masturbated in front of Spader, she's like, "You're in trouble." Yeah, it's like with who and what? But it's just such a so but sister thing. But it just trouble. says so much to the relationship, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. yeah. Well, and and at one point. Cynthia is talking to Peter Gallagher. She's talking to John, and she's saying, "Well, yeah, I tell my sister everything. Of course, I tell my sister everything." Yeah. Just except like for that one, yeah. except for the except fact, for the, the fact one, that, fucking. that, that yeah. one yeah. thing, just one big thing. Yeah, and I, and I loved watching her. Um, uh, Sanji Akuma just react to the price of the, of the tablecloth dress. Yeah. <laughs> right. so it's thirty two fifty, and she just makes that's for half. <laughs> yeah, and her eyes just bug for a second, like she's. Yeah. There's a whole world in there, like it's too much, she can't afford yeah. it, and she's pissed off because Anne did it anyway. Right. But yeah. then she just but gets the money. Yeah, and then she just tells her yeah. to keep the change. And too. to keep the change. It's exactly. just this great little moment of multi phase. And that's acting. all, that kind of thing is all over the place in this film. Yeah. 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 There's a, so the script is great, and then the actors, and maybe with Soderbergh or not, I don't know, but they've added all this beautiful life to it. Like it's so, yeah. it's so full for all four of them. Not, no one is superficial ever. No one is. Super obvious ever. It's always yeah. Lots going on. Yeah, it's good. It's a hell of a debut, right? Yeah. It's way better than I remember. I remember being quite bored by it, but I think yeah, I think it's one of those things. Where I definitely was in high school. That's why I was watching with my high school friends, and it was like, oh, let's go. Let's you know, me and a bunch of nerdy guys. Let's go get this one and see what this, this is. This has sex at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, no, oh, this is really boring. <laughs> no, but you know what? Now I'm a human. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, okay. So I love it. And also closer to the age of the characters. Well, I'm way older than any of these characters. No, no, no for sure, but closer than you were in high school. Mm, I, you think, I don't think they so. Late well, like nine years out of high school. Out of, uh, these guys college, are like, right? college, so like 30, 30, 30 maybe. tops. Yeah, but okay. yeah, so that I'm closer, yeah. yeah. But you, you've at least gone Just, through but I've been, I've been through yeah, it. You've been, yeah, 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 you've been through yeah. You've got the perspective, That's the, that's the point. Yeah, you get them through it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So you were a John when you started, and now you're more of a Graham. Well, I was nowhere near either of them. I'm I'm the Anthony uh, Michael like, Hall character. Yeah. Always, yeah. It just doesn't exist yeah. in this movie. But I, I think that John is basically still a teenager. Like he's invested himself in still not in or not a college guy. Up, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah he's, he's a frat guy. guy. He's a frat guy still. Yeah, but, the same way that uh, uh, Laura Sanju calls Cynthia. Whatever. Yeah, is her character is for me still in high school or something like late high school? Yeah, yeah. she's the kid sister. Right? Yeah, exactly. she's probably twenty five, but she's acting nineteen. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting because all of their worlds, like, we never really see, other than John has one other friend, let's call him a friend, yeah. the guy that he plays racquetball with, but n- <laughs> none of them have any other characters in their lives, and so it's really easy to, like, believe that, of course John hasn't changed, of course Cynthia hasn't changed, of course Anne hasn't yeah. changed, because your world, you're shaping a world around you that allows you to just stay static. Why would you change? Yeah. And where do they live? Baton Rouge. Oh. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know, know anything I, about that. No, me neither. It's really, there's only one indication. It's the wall of the bar during that one scene with music. Yeah. It's, it's, it could be anywhere. This is Baton Rouge, but yeah. Yeah, it's but just I, I was thinking warm. small town versus big town, but it's mm-hmm. yeah, sort of a, a small like a middling city. Feel. Yeah. Like a Hamilton. They don't know, yeah, yeah they don't know <laughs> a lot of people. They don't have a lot of new people. Like, Grey yeah, coming exactly. back is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Even though he's just a 
guy who showed up outside a car, you know. Yeah, but that shirt, I mean. Sure, the that's shirt. true. They'll be talking about that for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did it have, like, stitching on it? No, it was just I, black. It was just, just black and blue jeans. Guy was a total <laughs> weirdo. The bottom was totally fringed, and we just never saw it because they were all <laughs> shooting him. No, it was movie. just an untucked black shirt. And the fact that it wasn't tucked shirt. in? Not bundled. Was it the fact that it up all those boots without socks? I mean, come on. I mean, that, I did notice that. That's scary. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, that's just going to not gonna here, get not sticky. Here. The sole's going to come out when you pull it in. Like you're, in a hot, you're in a hot environment. Well, it's just, it's just, yeah, why does he have those weird snow boots to begin with? He's come from, where would he be? It didn't look that hot. He was in Florida, he was in Philadelphia. And he he's was been all over. Well, there's a map on that's his right. on his wall that oh, looks yeah, like right. he's drawn it. It's mostly left and right. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple different colors. colors. to the top. Mm-hmm. There's a couple different colors, so I it's like for me... California for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like there's a couple different colors. If you looked at it, this is the first time I really, really noticed yeah, it. Red Probably because it's the first time I've seen it big and not in VHS. Huh. Uh, Am I the only one who's seen this in a theater? You have the laser disc, Norm. That's true. <laughs> I've, I've owned every format of this thing. Um, I saw it... Yeah, well, it was... This was one of those things, too, because it was at... Sundance, and then it won. It went to Cannes. It won the Grand Prix, and uh, no, sorry, the Palme d'Or, and right. uh, and Spader won Best Actor. Right. And then it was set to open the first weekend of September, and I remember this because I was just becoming aware of this stuff. I had just started working like professionally as a, as a critic, so maybe for two years at that point, and it was a big deal because uh, Cineplex Odeon Films, which is the distributor delayed the release until Saturday so it could play TIFF on the Friday. Huh. And they held, oh, wow. it opened the very next day. Wow. Cool. But it was a big thing at the time and it couldn't open because TIFF was TIFF was the festival of festivals and was all right. over downtown. It couldn't actually open anywhere. There were no theaters for it to play downtown. You had to see it out of the core because everything was taken over for the festival. Hilarious. I saw That's it at so the, funny. I want to say I saw it at the Promenade up at Bathurston Steels in the middle of nowhere where, uh, where I was living at the time like it was where I grew up. But yeah, so uh, you cool. could not see it on like it didn't open on a Friday. It opened the next day, so so Tiff could screen it. Crazy, and that way they could claim it. Yeah, and of course it was a Miramax film at the time. Um, of course, not here, but in the states. Yeah, um, it's one of the few that doesn't have their um, the Winston's names in the credits. I oh yeah. They picked it up after the. They came just in the tail end of it, yeah. Yeah, because it was uh, what Sony now RCA Columbia Home Video picked up the rights before theatrical. That's I think he financed it with the video rights, which was a thing in the day. You yeah, could which you can do make pre-sales <laughs> um, and say, "I have this movie. I'm going to make it. You can buy the North American video rights for X thousand dollars." And it had the word "sex" in it, so he was at least in a yeah. late night TV sale. It was it. an easy sale. Apparently. Oh. Right. And Blockbuster Funny. would pick it up. And the own nudity is is uh, is John getting out of bed. That's right. You sort of see a little bit under his shorts. Well, that that's re- I mean that, that really was. I don't the... know that that needs to be in HD. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it was there. Oh, it was there. We all saw it. But that really was the was reason saying. why the '90s happened with film and independent film because independent films were financed by pre-sales to Blockbuster or to wow. this and that. Right. Mm-hmm. Then that's the whole reason why it. It boomed, and that's also the reason why now it's gone. It's and busted. the bottom fell out, yeah, right? Yeah. But uh, Netflix, is that helping or not? No, because no. they buy their own stuff. They, they, uh, especially now, yeah. They in they fact, on top of it, they're not even they're not even buying. No, they're, they're only they're just making. Mm-hmm. Right. They're and, buying a little bit, but they're not. They're buying so small, and they're not paying much. Yeah, they're buying TV series mostly, right? Like not movies, not features. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that I kind of wanted to ask you guys about—I mean, did you get? 
it felt more this time than any other time I've seen it. It felt more like um, an early Egoyan vibe going through it. Family viewing, next of kin. There's the earliest films he made, which predate this movie. This wasn't have, nearly as boring. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be on the pro Egoyan side on this one. But the, well, family viewing and next of kin, and even the adjuster, which was made after this, have scenes where characters watch videotapes, characters... Mm don't speak to each other about their personal problems and, and married couples can't communicate. It's it's like, this is the better distillation of the stuff that Egoyan was doing at the same time, which is why it's so fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, and I, maybe I didn't catch up to them at, uh, until after I first saw Sex Lies, the earliest ones, mm. which is why I didn't think about it. But it really hit me this time that there's a similar kind of a, that, that sort of subterranean thing going on in his earlier films. It's only in this one movie of Soderbergh's. He never did it again. No, well, he went, he always called Full Frontal, like, an unofficial sequel mm. to Sex Lies, but I don't know where that comes from, other than he did it for, next, yeah. did it on the cheap. I think the movie the characters are making is kind of a glossy remake, but not really. Okay, that's it, fair. It's thrown out almost immediately. That's fair. So let's talk about what, what I mentioned in kind of exploring, too, is the idea that this is almost 30 years old now, mm. coming up on it, and, you know, just, you know, the conversations that we're having this day and age about sexuality and about consent and about this kind of stuff. Like this stands up pretty well, I think, you know, it's like the, the people that are bad are still bad. Like Spader doesn't come off. What I was worried about going into this, um, was if Spader would come off as a creep now, having not seen this in a long time. Yeah. I think he comes off as exactly the same creep, like the same level of creep that he would have in 89. Like once he starts talking, he can play he can spin it and frame it and make himself more sympathetic. But if you just heard about what he was doing, yeah, it, you would have the same reaction that John does, which is like, I don't want this guy near you. What yeah. is you? It's wrong. And in the end, like John's right. He does end up losing his wife to the guy. Yeah. But, but what's great about the Spader character, but for a different reason, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. is that, you know, he lets the other people drive the car. Yeah. 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 He opens the door and says, you can walk through it if you want. Yeah. And we should stop. And she's like, no, I don't want to stop. Yeah. For that, and you know, and, and that's true. He tries care. to talk her out of the. He yeah. tries to talk Anne out of her own recording, saying like she's not in a good frame of mind for it. Yeah, like he does seem to get her. He's a real nice guy. <laughs> well, he likes her. She's different. Yeah, he, he feels differently about her than the other ones. The other ones, the other women. Um, it's you know, it's a very much a sexual thing, and with Anne, it, that doesn't seem to be that. And certainly the way that she comes in and ha- how he feels about her in that moment, there's no play there's no teasing there's no flirting or anything like that and she so she's basically saying his version of like let's fuck and he's like no you're drunk (laughs) yeah Yeah. basically i'm uncomfortable i didn't actually find him creepy like i when you know when the revelation about elizabeth comes out it's sort of like oh okay there's you know like there's an origin story for this version of your psyche but like and I think part of it is because she's not trying to hide anything. I exactly. Think, he's like, so above board. When the sister comes over and she's like, well, why do you make these videotapes so you can like jerk off to them later? He's like, yeah. He essentially, you know, he yeah. essentially admits, he doesn't even hide it for a, a half beat. Yeah. yeah. The funniest line in the movie, I think, is, uh, am I interrupting anything? No, I can finish later. It's just yeah. that. Yeah. It's completely well, devoid of context. And just before that, he's, just, he's, he's naked. He's got a bed sheet. He walks over in that configuration, opens the door, and then just keeps on walking. He's not in a rush. Yeah. He just walks over and then he comes back and he's buttoning. He's got his pants on now and buttoning his shirt. 
It's just the whole thing. He's just completely nonplussed by the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's like when she, when when Anne says to John, you know, if you if you lie to me, I'm going to be much much more upset. I don't even know what I'll do if you're lying to me about yeah. this. And the thing about the Spanner character is that he does seem to have conquered this lying thing. Like he's so open about every part of it that. I don't know how you could actually be creeped out by it. No, maybe you could be turned off by it. Yeah, but it's not. There's no duplicitousness about it, really. Like I don't know. Yeah. I I didn't find him creepy at all. And James Spader don't, goes creepy real fast. <laughs> yeah, I was well, impressed. Cause, and because well, everything that comes out of Gallagher's mouth is a lie, yeah. and everything, and so that, they're they're the opposite sides, right? Yeah. And, um, and Gallagher is just so. He's enjoying that so much. It's a yeah. it's a really fun performance of a cad, of like man. the classical like this is Fred McMurray in the apartment kind of caddishness. He knows he's lying. He, he there's that moment where she says, you know, you can just tell me the truth um, when they're in bed together, and she gets up and, and confronts him, mm-hmm. and he thinks about it. Like you read it, and it's like yeah, it takes a moment. He thinks about whether or not it would be okay. Like well, her, this yeah. would be better if he comes clean, and then just decides to keep lying to her. Yeah, his lies are just so. You know, that's the only part that felt a little, a little that bit one dated scene. to me. Is his lies are so typical, mm. right? And her mm-hmm. response, and the fact that she like finally goes over. I didn't quite. That's buy the one that transition. Oh, but she's playing him. The bedtime, the bedroom scene where she. She's I'm just being, playing. Yeah, I'm being. You think so? Oh, yeah, because then at the end she says, "You never used to say fucking." Right. Oh, at the end, yeah, she's she does just, the turn, and then it cuts to him saying "fuck" yeah. in Cynthia's apartment. Yeah, yeah she's, okay. She's been playing out the rope. She's been letting because of all that stuff about how you can tell me and I don't want you to lie to me. And then she sell he sells it to her as no, I'm you know. Oh, good. That makes me feel yeah. better. No, no, no. Because no, I made that comment when we were watching yeah. it. Yeah. She's just talking. She's like, "Well, I just have so much time on my hands." Yeah. So she's mocking him. They're great. That yeah, makes no. me feel so much better with so. that scene. <laughs> and it's because. It's weird that she's the, doing it so well. She is, yeah. <laughs> like, well, but, but to the level where it's like, I know. I don't yeah. know if the character. But we've underestimated her too, right? Like that's I that's what that's. I want to believe that's true. I think it would play very, very differently if the pearls earring sequence was after, was before instead of after. Well, then you rather she that. finds it. First. Then you'd know for sure. Exactly. Yeah. But, but, but without any of the without any of the theatrics, she doesn't have to smash it. She doesn't have to do any of that stuff. But what I like about the order that it's in is that there's no subterfuge with her. As soon as she knows for sure, mm. she's done. Yeah. Yeah. Where. That's true. If yeah, it happened true. in the other order, then it would be her mini- being on the manipulative side, which would put her more of an even keel with Peter Gallagher's character. Yeah. And it blows up his line about how as soon as there's some evidence, you you should bring it to me. Which is yeah. which, her, and she responds immediately with, "Oh, there's evidence." So yeah, that it's true. If she has it, she'll use it. Yeah. There's something really incredible about John and Cynthia's relationship. Like, she is so... It's funny. It's Her great. and Spader really have a type. Like, she is so... She's like, you can you can leave now. Yeah. You can go. Like, she's so straightforward with him, and he just loves it. Yeah, he he's like, it. okay, great. It's like, yeah, great. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, there's no sense that... There's no moment where it's like, well, I want you to leave your wife, your my sister, mm-hmm. for me. It's like, no, she, that's not what no, this no. is at yeah. all. Yeah, they don't play into that archetype at all, which is where Soderbergh does not which I really like. Oh, like, no. there's no version of, like, she's... Trying to take something from him. Well, from, they are playing the sister. archetype, though, of she like of the jealousy of the sister. Yeah. And I mean, I. But it's not love. But it's not. It's not him. Is... It's not about no. him. It's not even her life. It's just the sister dynamic that is that that ebb and flow. No, well, that classic 
you know, clearly she thinks, you know, Andy McDowell is always seen as the more beautiful put together one, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah, but you know what? I, pl- I pleasure him in the way you can't, mm-hmm. you know, there's something that she can do that her it's sister just, can't I want to have sex where she sleeps, you know, it's like, yeah, but I love how overt she is about, about John being utterly disposable. Like it yeah. is not about him at all. Yep. <laughs> the point that she's constantly like, okay, we're finished. I've checked that box of, yeah. of making, of, you know, fucking up my sister's life. You can get out now. I don't know why she just doesn't bang the Steve Bro character. Clearly. <laughs> he doesn't even have a name. He's no. Barfly. He's so gross. He is Barfly. And his Kurt's impression's not that good. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's That's kind of the so point. Yeah. I didn't even know he was doing it. I didn't even know he was like, oh, I thought he was just talking. Because we don't know him. We he haven't heard him. Person. I don't know what he sounds like. It's See, so maybe bad. if he was better at that, she'd be interested. I'm just saying. Mm. He was hilarious. It yeah. is funny. There were a couple scenes where uh, Cynthia's character was wearing clothes that I've seen people on the street wearing today. Like, exact <laughs> outfits down to, With all like, the jewelry? The jewelry, but, like, uh, the acid wash jeans oh, with the sure. crop tops and, like, the big yeah, silver necklaces and, like, the whole thing. Like, it's all come screaming back. Yeah, there's definitely, that's that's a style that exists still now. Yeah. Or has come back, it's anyway. Come, it has come right back. You need it's to take funny. your jewelry off to do things. You're wearing too much jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> Old man Tom over there. <laughs> I come from a long line of curmudgeons. <laughs> you know, if you don't clink or jangle, how do you know you're alive? <laughs> Amazing. Who's Amazing. to say that your jewelry can't be made out of leathers and tie cuffs? <laughs> That's right. They'd all be wearing cuffs. <laughs> they don't jingle. They just... You know, a mass. <laughs> just a mass. He just bead sweat <laughs> underneath. So I want to play Jeremy's game of who you would cast in the remake. Oh, oh. I would. It's closer is the remake of this movie, yeah. isn't it? Right. Closer is this movie on crack. Yeah, yeah. but closer's closer is as pretentious as Graham is. Like everybody's so caught up in their own monologues. Yeah. This this film is. Well, closer if, is a play. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. But if nothing else, like this movie is short declarative statements fighting for dominance. Yeah. Which I really like. Who do you cast now? I, Adam Driver, obviously. Oh, as Spider? Uh, no, I would cast him as John. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. He'd be amazing Because he'd John. be a terrible fit. Like, it would look wrong. You know who would be a good Spader? Oh, right. Ross of Sutherland. Oh, yeah. And they're both tall, so that's mm. interesting for us visually. I don't know if I would want him and Driver... Together? Together, though. I don't weird. think that's the same cast. <laughs> that would, no, you, you wouldn't put those in the same movie. Yeah. But I think... I was thinking of Rossif when I was watching yeah, that's it. Interesting. Hmm. But you, yeah, you wouldn't win it with him and Driver. Yeah, and he just comes across naturally that way when he speaks to you. Yeah, and when he speaks, you're like, you just watch him. Yeah. He was. Well, he's just captivating. Yeah. Um. And then, I think Rachel McAdams would work as the Andy McDowell character. Mm-hmm. Sure. Really well, but she's also done that before. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's a little pointier. Like, there's less, because there's something about Andy McDowell in this movie that is just so you know naive what? without the negative connotation, which you know, I know sounds well, crazy. Well, here's what makes Andy McDowell Pure. great in this character. Pure. Yeah. But yeah. What, what like, makes... like fresh snow. Yeah. And where and I go back to the McAdams, and this is not a, a knock against McAdams at all. It's more, what, what I love about Andy McDowell in this movie is that... You get the Andy McDowell you're expecting for the first, like, 75% of it. Mm-hmm. And what happens at the end is what makes her performance amazing because you're not expecting her to go that very way. Powerful. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. And it's interesting. It's just, it's, so it's almost like you'd want that... You want the same thing in this. You want to cast someone who you're not expecting to go there. And not quite, like, Rebecca Hall, maybe, would work. There's... Uh, maybe... Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe it's because things are very different now. 
But there's something about Annie McDowell when they say that her husband asked her to quit her job, and she did. That makes sense to me with who she is. Mm-hmm. But like all of these women that we're naming now, I wouldn't. Rachel mm-hmm. McAdams quitting her job because her husband tells her yeah, to. Rebecca Hall never. quitting her job because her husband tells her to. Like absolutely not. Yeah, in the update, you would you probably wouldn't. Have that wouldn't. That just wouldn't, she wouldn't be, be possible. A but that is. But that, that, that is part of who that character but is. That she's willingly made. Yeah, like willingly made her life smaller yeah. because her husband. But there are women like that. I'm not. I'm not. Oh not no, absolutely. It, but there's absolutely and, and who embrace it. Like they do everything in their uh, that they can so that. Their job is they want to be the to have a family. Right, yeah. so who's the actor that would play But who's the that's the thing oh, no, is that the, finding the, that, that actor the person to play the role and then like, an actor uh, to play someone else. Sarah Gavin could do it. You know, mm-hmm. just somebody who uh, chose to chose to pull in. Maybe she works out of the house. Yeah, or something. Pull, yeah. She, there's she. You could believe her that. finding a reason. Like she would have come up with the excuse herself mm-hmm. to do it. Mm. Yeah, but I'd like to find a gummier actress. You know, someone who can show <laughs> more gum with more more gum. upper gum. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there was I, I was so it's so wonderful the aesthetics of this film like James Spader with his shirt off yeah. and just looking like a, you know a beautiful human but a regular human mm-hmm. Andy McDowell's teeth James are Franco. blindingly white yeah. would be good in the Spader role Franco would be good yeah, yeah. Oh, he would be creepy like he would lean yeah. into the creepy yeah mm-hmm. which like, but still, it would be interesting be to fun. see him yeah. I think Spader's natural enough that, even that. Sort of Dave Franco Dave Franco could play John or Dave Franco could play the bar Fly. Yes. He would be the barfly. He would be in a slightly different movie. <laughs> yeah. I feel like no. I feel like I feel like my instinct is like this guy would be a perfect choice, and then my other instinct is that it wouldn't be right. But Ryan Gosling for Spader's part, yeah, because I think you know someone's kind of think he could. I think he could really do that the, the vulnerable in that way. part of yeah. it yeah, without sure. being creepy. And yeah. and yeah, exactly. That's the point is to to have him be. Likeable, I'd have him not be creepy. I thought Chris yeah. Pine, you know, same reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don McGleason. Sure. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. No. That's. I think that's. In the spader part. Yeah. He has the same hair. I just. I, I, <laughs> the mullet. Yeah. Forgive him after uh, the stars movies. Oh, he's yeah. great in that. He's doing those on purpose. <laughs> Horrible. No, oh, it's we'll, we'll no, fight with this after. That's performance. <laughs> that's performance. That's, um, I don't. Well, it's uh, bad. No, okay, but yeah, but let, 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 like, let that like, go and look at all the other amazing stuff he's, he's doing mm. these the, days. The Beatrix Potter. But he's movie. often he's yeah, often unlikable. He's often like a normal guy that becomes unlikable. Domino Gleeson. Yeah, but if he plays it in the other direction, that's interesting. But can he? I think so. Mm. I think so. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Oh no, it was the A.A. Milne movie. Um, Goodbye, Christopher Robin, which is. But he's also in the Beatrix Potter. Movie. Is he? Yes, isn't that? I'm pretty sure it's him. I think no. he's in like every he's movie that's coming out yeah. in the next. That's Sean Britton. Okay, so who has the sister? Sister Cynthia. These are tough. Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. What's that? Carolyn Davernus? I've literally seen Tommy in some of the outfits that Cynthia was in. <laughs> <laughs> she could absolutely this do That's what it. I'm saying. It's yeah. back. Yeah. You also get back. the hype disorder. Carolyn Davernus, I would more... Yeah, I would put her in the Annie McDowell part. Okay. Well, that I would think. actually make interesting sisters to them. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I'd put, yeah. I'd put her in the I could Annie... See. I could see her doing the Annie McDowell part for sure. Yeah, she'd be very interesting. There, there's something that was very... Um, Towards matronly, like when you're watching Anne McDowell in the first part, you can see her as an old woman, mm. or I could see yes. her as an old woman. Yes, and that's why, like the Rachel McAdams and the uh, Rebecca Hall's, like not quite right, but that, mm-hmm. but Carolyn, I could see watching her and thinking, like, oh yeah, 
yeah. I, I get her as the the woman at the end of the block that's all like prudish. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna be this lady for the next fifty years unless yeah. something right. really unless big something happens. happens. She's already and then she can, in. and then she can yeah. let that all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Okay. I like Ryan Gosling. I think that's that's interesting because it feels like. Uh, yeah. This like the remake of this would be sort of a companion piece to Blue Valentine. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, now you know. Well, then let's get Rachel McAdams in there. Michelle Williams. You Michelle mean. Williams. Michelle Williams. <gasps> would also be pretty good. Yeah. What about what about? Um, oh. You're thinking of the Notebook. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I just somehow stuck You've Rachel McAdams into, in, into Blue, Blue, Valentine. Valentine. Blue Valentine. That would work. Which doesn't and now when you say Michelle Williams, it's like of course it's her. She was amazing. What yeah. about Mark Ruffalo? It's a little too old. A little yeah. too old, but yeah. he's true. He's young young Mark Ruffalo. That's you can count on me. I, I, I know. That's, see, I just want. I just want that movie. Always. I'd want to see what he could do with the Peter Gallagher role. Oh, see, I think Ruffalo could play either because he, he can. He, could. he does all. I mean, he's cool. the Hulk, guys. We know he's got range. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's not even doing motion capture anymore. Ambulance. That's actually just him in makeup now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, no. He gained the weight. <laughs> he gained the weight. He gained the weight. And here comes the Oscar. And the green, and the green is natural. So he, uh, right. It's a really... Spinach. Yeah. <laughs> spinach. Uh, it works for both. The strength and the color. Uh, yeah, it's tough because they do have to be quite young for it to work. They yeah. gotta be, because it's gotta be a fairly new marriage. Yeah, it's just, just be gotta a, be young. A, a, well, they're nine years out of college, right? Yeah, so they're like 30, 32 30, at the end. It's just young lawyer. Yeah, yeah, junior mm-hmm. partner, yeah. yeah. But Ruffalo, 10 years ago, Ruffalo, yeah. would have been perfect in either part. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But it can't, they, they can't be 40. They'd have to be 30. They'd have, have, to, be, to, they be have to be 30 because otherwise it's really strange. Yeah. Although yeah. that would also be kind of amazing to see this exact script performed by actors 10 years older. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to say his last name wrong. Uh, Ansel Elgort? Elgort, yeah. Ansel yeah. Elgort. Yeah. Elgort. Would, would work in either part as well. Baby driver. He's baby driver. Oh, the main guy. I just hated that movie so much. I I can't but, I can't separate but that movie really, from is the, him. Is it Fault in Our Stars is that yeah, the, yeah, he's in that as well. Too. But just he's great. Like, he's kind of like a, he's got like that Ruffalo vibe, where yeah. I think where he can play mm. that really vulnerable, soft. But you could also see him playing the eighties yeah, Wall Street douchebag, sort mm-hmm. of the unformed version of a person that yeah. John is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, John Mulaney. I just this time around now there's a comedian with that name and it's really hard to separate those two. Hilarious. John Mulaney is one of the funniest people working right now. You want to put him in this movie? I kind of want to see, yeah, because he <laughs> as barfly. As the barfly. He, well, he would have to, yeah. That would be the, the nod to everybody that we yes we know John Mulaney the name. Um, yeah, well, he and Nick Kroll are our best friends and do stuff together. The two of them could actually do this. Well, they do big money together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and Oh Hello, which uh, which I saw on Broadway, and which is just amazingly weird. Um, they could do this if you want to try like a more serial comic version of it. Yeah. All right. So any other final thoughts? You loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Wasn't expecting to love it. Loved it. I really, I want to sit down and read the script now because I want to see how much of that's on the page. very easily found online. There's yeah. a great, um, yeah. and there's a great book too. So I regret about that. Yeah. Also, I've I definitely done scenes class, from it before. We've done scenes, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. from that film. I think yeah. I used that camera for when I started self-taping people. <laughs> <laughs> The actual camera from the movie. Yeah. Ryan found it and put it back together. Yeah. And it is wonderful, too, watching all this ancient technology be beaten to that. It's like, dude, late five years. Just no come in my office. It's all on my shelf now. Just come over here. Just crack the laser desk. It's going to be fine. I like you don't have to flip it over anymore. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, guys. Oh, so uh, tune in next week for the second part of this double feature we're about to do. 
your friends and neighbors. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Thanks for joining us for Sex, Lies, and Videotape. You can tune into the next episode to catch the second half of this double feature, which was Your Friends and Neighbors. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter at Jeremy and go to Facebook for Black Hole Films, leave a review there, or on Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you listen to this thing. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.